Thanks for tuning in to Just Talking today. I am Steph. I am your coach and your podcast host. I'm here to help give you all the tools that you need to have radical breakthrough to finally give yourself permission to be exactly who you were created to be. I truly believe that when we give ourselves that permission to fully align, everything else will fall in line. The universe answers to that timeline. So if you're ready to have the life that you're created to have, to give yourself all the permission that you need to actually be who you were created to be, then continue to listen to Just Talking. What is up, everybody? Today, I'm so excited to be just talking to you. Today, I have the most amazing guest here. You guys are going to be so freaking excited, so pumped. We're going to be talking about all of the things from mindset, from being in the NFL. Yes, that's right. This person that I have to speak with you guys today is so amazing. He was in the NFL and he's going to share parts of his story through that. But what's even cooler is like how emotionally aware this man is, guys. Like, and he's like the most beautiful man over here, okay? And he's just is so emotionally aware and awakened. And so many of you listeners reach out to me and are always like, are there like awakened men in the world? Like, is this like a real thing? And I tell you, yes. And here today, I get to help prove that to you. And we're going to talk about all of the things. So with that, good sir, will you please introduce yourself? Woo! Come on, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, I'm stoked. Let's go. We just had a nice little jam session before we got rocking and rolling. So I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, But uh, what's the first question you have for me about me? Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, why don't you, was there anything that I missed in there that you want to add? Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody your name and then where they can find you on Instagram because they're going to want to go and kind of like stalk you as they're listening. That's just how our minds work. So why don't you do that for me first? Yes, certainly. I love that you're doing that before. I've never met anybody that's had it before as podcasts go, so it's cool. Uh, but Kian Loggi is my name. It's a very difficult uh, uh, name to pronounce and spell, so I'm sure that you'll have the spelling. I will have notes. it linked for all of you guys. Yes. Yes. And then uh, Kian.Loggi is my Instagram, and KianLoggi.com is my website, and I keep it pretty simple, so those are the two. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, so what's the first question that I have for you? Well... I love that you're doing like, just like a question like that. Okay. So uh, I kind of want to take, we were just jamming out and hanging out and we were talking and I'm just going to open it up with like the juice and then we'll kind of go from there. But so we were talking a little bit just about um, journeying and healing and awarenesses and processes and emotions and like what I believe about plant medicine and how I believe that medicine can be so healing and so powerful. And so he was going to share with me this beautiful experience of what medicine can do through that. Um, And I want you to share a little bit of that experience with us. And then through that, walk us through how you are in tune with your emotions and if that's ever helped you become more aware of your emotions. Mm, Certainly. So the psychedelic space. Yes. Ah, so much taboo, so much taboo. I know. I love Uh, that we're doing this. I, and like, I wasn't even planning this to be the conversation Then we started talking. He's like, we can do this on the podcast. I'm like, what? Like you're down for this. Yes. Let's go. Like that's like straight up vulnerability and like truth and like living in your truth. So yes, yes. I love. Yes, certainly. Certainly. So as a disclaimer, I'm I'm not telling anybody to go and do psychedelics. Um, but if there is a pull uh, or there's an inspiration to look deeper into them, uh, I am glad to be a resource to provide more information about what an experience might be like. Um, my experience with, with psychedelics and um, MDMA therapy has been 
incredible, incredible. There, there, there's something uh, about plant medicine that just goes right to the core of, of issues that we're experiencing and, and, and certain pains that we have. Now, they're also phenomenal time as far as just like hanging out and having a great time. Uh, but normally it's a 50-50 experience for me uh, where it's, hey, I'm with, with some friends. We're, we're, we're going in, we're having a great time. But also there's a, there's a very introspective period that uh, I go into as well with them. Um, as far as my most recent experience, I was just telling Steph uh, about my recent psychedelic mushroom experience that I had with, with a good friend here in Rio de Janeiro. And, I, I uh, in the dopest place of all time, so we'll have to talk about that too, but sorry. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll go into that too. Uh, but my last couple experiences with plant medicine, with, uh, ayahuasca as well. Um, I've, I've learned a little bit of a, uh, technique for myself to go in and release trauma that I do with my clients and I'm able to hone in deep into that in the context of my, my psychedelic experiences as well. The psychedelic experience just allowed me to tap in easier and um, deeper, I would say. Uh, not that I can't do it when I'm sober. I certainly can, but it's just, like I said, it's just like, boom, it just penetrates yeah. right to, to the source. Yeah. Uh, and so what I know about being able to heal certain parts of, of ourselves and, and releasing trauma is getting really, really stupid, honest with ourselves about how we're really feeling and what we're experiencing. And, and a lot of people, and me in particular, uh, like to mentally uh, conceive certain issues that I have and um, traumas that I have and, and believe that once I have the awareness of it, then I can just move past it. But that's not really how it works. Uh, for us to fully move past something, there has to be an unconditional uh, acceptance of, of of what it actually is, is being truth. If there's not this, this deep, deep, deep acceptance for what it actually is, then we can't move on from it. So if I'm somebody that is uh, deathly afraid of spiders, let's just say that for example, uh, if I try to just convince myself that I'm not afraid of spiders, uh, that might be able to, to temporarily work, but ultimately uh, going in and actually feeling uh, what it feels like to, to say, hey, I am afraid of spiders and just, just go in and own that. I'm afraid of spiders and, and keep going. And normally when we give ourselves permission to go into that place of just like accepting whatever, whatever we're experiencing as being truth, the highest level, it allows clarity surrounding where that, that, that fear uh, or that limiting belief you know, comes from, allowing us to then go deep into the emotion associated with, with whatever event or series of events that, that triggered that fear in the first place. Uh, so then allows us to unlock that emotion that holds the reasoning for why we have that fear in the first place. And so what I do in, the, in these experiences is uh, normally uh, mushrooms hit me in the face with my insecurities, go boom, boom, you, the, you have this, you have this, you have this, you have this. Like, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. And, and it's a lot to oh, handle shit. at first, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right, relax, chill, yeah. like, right? And uh, so what I do is I, ju I just give myself just like a stupid amount of permission just to accept them as being truth, all of it. And it hurts the ego a lot, accepting all of that. Cause it's like, especially as, as if you have a manifesting background uh, and personal development background, it's very difficult to be able to accept some of these more uh, harsh realities as being yeah. truth because we, we don't want them to manifest, right? We're, right? we're taught that our thoughts control our, our beliefs and control our reality. So if we let ourselves accept something that we don't like about ourselves as being truth, then that could manifest in our external reality. Mm. But the, 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 the truth is, is that God rewards 
uh, us being really fucking honest with ourselves, mm. right? So when we go in and we allow ourselves to, to accept how we're really feeling as being truth uh, in its entirety, no matter how bad it hurts, it allows us to then uh, process it healthfully and then move on from it. But if we don't allow ourselves to get really honest with ourselves, then we can't healthfully process it. And, we, and we're just mentally thinking that we're moving on from it, but that's not how, that's not how things work. So I just go deep into the rabbit hole of my own mind uh, and just continue to accept, 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 accept. And, and it's scary at times because I could entirely lose myself in the experience. But right. every single time I, I go to the place of accepting all of it, it just being okay and being okay and being okay and being okay and being okay. I get pulled out of it. And every single time I get pulled out of the experience of the rabbit hole, I end up finding much, much more peace in myself. So without me even trying, right, I go in deep, 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 experiencing all of it as being truth and being okay with all of it as being truth, right? And crying and experiencing whatever comes with it, it just goes, zoop. I come out even higher uh, than when I initially went in as far as me feeling good and, uh, and, and joyous within myself. So that's what the experience is like with psychedelics. And that's, and that's why I say my coaching experience is, is very psychedelic. When, yeah. when I work when I work when I work with people because I take people through the same process without the psychedelics, yeah. which is super beautiful and amazing. So yeah, that was a lot. That was really good stuff. I love all of it. Like I'm sure all of you guys are like, okay, I want to coach with you so much right now. And like how incredible and how powerful is it? And I love that you share that truth with that. And I just love that you shared that philosophy. And there was a couple key things that I want to highlight, and that is that acceptance, permission, forgiveness, grace, your higher power, God connection and then like self-acceptance becomes like self-love and self-trust like that's what I'm hearing from you throughout this whole process and then and so as you're doing this you're recognizing like this process of actually truly engaging and connecting in yourself giving yourself like radical permission to see like all these truths and like actually like face it like hold up this crazy hardcore accountability mirror be like yeah this is gonna suck and it's gonna fucking hurt but if I don't allow this I'm never gonna heal from this and so then it becomes like okay, whew, I can take it like, okay, Hill, I'm going to accept, 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 accept. And then through that really actually becomes acceptance. And, um, but it does take like that brutal honesty mm -hmm. to get through that. What, what helped you to want to start taking ownership of your life and like really em empowering and processing your thoughts and wanting to discover that uh, working on like self-mastery, so to say. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I've always been somebody that's been extremely accountable for myself and my actions, uh, maybe to, to a fault. I, I mean, ever since I can remember, my parents never pushed me to do anything with football. It was always me pushing them since I was you know, 10 years old. I'd get up, I'd do push-ups and sit-ups by myself. I was involved in two football leagues in middle school. Uh, I'd go from one practice to another because I wanted to. And so my parents never really pushed me to do a whole lot. So I I'd kind of already uh, mastered a lot of personal development stuff Yeah. before personal development was really a thing as far right. as being able to create structure and routine for myself and, and creating the right mindset to accomplish my goals. So I'd done that already. And so what I found for me was that in order for me to continue to evolve as a person, I needed to step into the next phase of life, which is, which is what I learned, which is stepping into a place of allowance and ease and not coming from a place of using the underdog mentality to get what I want and to use hard work and, uh, and, and control and uh, manipulation of outcomes based off my, my level of understanding of the, of the universe and how it works, but stepping into a place of just allowance with it. Describe that a little what, bit. Like, 
um, break that down a little bit, the manipulation yeah. and like trying to control the outcomes, like explain that. Yeah, certainly. And a lot of it for me, you know, being, a, I could say a people pleaser by nature, uh, I would say things and do things based off of trying to get a certain result instead of it just being how I genuinely felt. And so that's what I mean by, by manipulating outcomes. Uh, not being able to show up in the way that I just want to show up, uh, but in the way of doing what I have to do or becoming the person I need to be uh, to get a certain outcome. And that's yeah. where a lot of us go ahead. Oh, no. And I love it. I think that's like the, like we all have that disease to please. Right. And that becomes like part of that. And so if you guys are hearing this, and you're trying to think like, oh, OK, well, how do I don't try to control people's outcomes. That may even look like when someone says, Hey, I really want, I really want you to come over to my house for dinner for this thing. And you're like, I really don't want to go, but you don't want them to be upset with you. So you're going to try to control them, like wanting to like you and please you. And so you're going to say yes to, to control this experience, which is actually a disservice to them and to you, because you truly don't want to do this, but you're too afraid to experience an emotion. And so you're just going to manipulate the situation to get them to still like you. Does that make sense? Would you say that's an alignment with that? Okay. And so if that was your client, how would you help them to recognize like how often they're doing this people pleasing cycle and how, when they can start to actually speak their truth and like learn, learn what their truths are, how that helps them ignite that power within them. Yeah. So, so I'm not really a big fan of, of the, the concept of like creating boundaries and doing that kind okay. of stuff, because that, that puts all the power outside of ourselves. That, that implies okay. that other people are consciously trying to intrude on our boundaries when in reality people people only treat us how we teach them to be able to treat us so really it has nothing to do with other people but has everything to do with the security that i have in me so instead of putting the focus and attention on other people putting the focus and attention on why am i not able to confront you mentioned being able to confront the emotions associated with being able to commit to and say and express what i want Right. right. So I go in and I deal with the core of the reason for not being able to, to, to be honest, because of a fear of what may happen on the other side of uh, someone not liking what I have to say mm -hmm. or not uh, agreeing with me. So I, I deal with the, the core and the root of, of the, the lack in the first place. And, and honestly, a lot of it is uh, comes down to some level of, of abandonment issues in, in all of us. And that's the core part. A lot of people say core wound that yeah. needs to be addressed for us to be able to show up in, in, in our honesty and be able to healthfully express it. Mm, I love that. So powerful. Um, how have you given yourself permission to feel your emotions? Mm. Well, for me, honestly, it, it, it's, I, I like to demystify a lot of this stuff. Like a lot of people, uh, it'll be very like, like, like feel your emotions and very hippie and everything is love and, and, and like that. But I like to, just kind of remove that. And like I said before, for me, it was the next level in my own personal uh, joy and happiness journey mm -hmm. uh, was understanding that the key for me to be able to continue to, to get what I want in my life at the highest level and to feel the, the joys associated with all of that was I had to give myself permission to go to that space. So if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to continue to feel good uh, at the level that I do. And I won't continue to be able to evolve in myself without uh, reverting back to old habits and, and, and working my ass off and, and pushing and manipulating outcomes. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was the, just the next step in the process of realizing, Hey, in order for me to, to be where I'm at now and to get to where I want to be, I have to be able to do this. 
right? Yeah. So it was much, much, very much of like, okay, well, understanding like this is where I have to go. Mm, I love that. And so kind of walk us through how you did change that for yourself. Cause like you, like you just said, you talked about you being very motivated at 10 years old. Like you're going to football practices, you're doing everything, like you're doing push-ups. Like I don't see a whole lot of 10 year olds, like just like willingly being like, I'm about to work out. And so obviously you're very, you've always been really motivated and had that mindset. And so then that led you towards achieving something in your life. Right. And then, so you kind of recognize this achievement cycle. And so I love if you talk about going into the NFL, what that was, and then how you've now broken out of this like achievement cycle, but learned to see it through like the joy, kind of like how you're referring to that. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And, and my mind was always so future focused mm -hmm. and that, that's a blessing and a curse right? Because being able to develop and establish a future focused mindset gets us a lot of really cool things for what we want. Uh, being able to look past the moment of gratification. But but for me, uh, it was almost to a fall. Uh, I remember one day I came out uh, and talked to my mom and, and, and I said, mom, I already have, uh, I think it was six years old. I think it was what my mom told me. I already have $200 saved for my honeymoon, right? So <laughs> <laughs> my, my mind was always very like in the future and folks, yeah. okay, what will happen? What, what will be the outcome if I do this? What will be the outcome yeah. if I do this? Yeah. And so because of that, I got some really cool things and I learned how to be able to get things that, that, that I want. Uh, but ultimately it took away from my ability to be able to just to really fully enjoy and love the present. And I didn't realize that until uh, one day in college, I remember sitting there, it was my, my sophomore year of college. I was starting, um, at division one football football team as at the end of my true freshman year. And I was kind of the man uh, on campus and um, had a lot of friends, had good grades, had phenomenal family support, um, could get the girls. And I remember sitting there in the library and being like, why am I not feeling like really good? Like what, what, what I, I couldn't find any logical reasoning in my external reality to justify my feelings. And so I'm like, okay, this is really weird. And I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't feeling good and I didn't understand that. And so I didn't really dive into it a whole lot then, but it, it's very relevant yeah. moving forward in, in this, in this conversation. Uh, but then actually after I made it to the NFL and I was sitting in the, in uh, the cafeteria watching practice before uh, I went to get my physical, which ultimately was the physical that they said I'd never be able to play again on. But I remember watching practice and I remember feeling this sense of this is it. Like, this is what it feels like to accomplish my lifelong dream. Like, right. This is it. I thought there'd be more, quickly, like, I was expecting more feelings, more like whatever. Okay. Yeah. I get yes, that. Yes, ex exactly. Right. And so there was a lot of excitement when I first got the news and it was amazing. But then when, when the, the hype kind of sizzled down and reality came in, uh, it, 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 it didn't feel like I thought it would. Mm. And, uh, Can I ask a question when you're, um, Throughout when you're like younger and you're picturing yourself like going into NFL, did you ever picture things outside of like past that? Or had that kind of just always been like you were gradually always visioning? Uh, definitely. There, there's an award called the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Okay. And uh, that, that's an award given to the, the man that, that does the most charity work in the NFL. And that was the award that I wanted to get. So, I mean, I wanted to make it to some Pro Bowls and, and, uh, win a Super Bowl, which, which I would have if I would have been playing with Kansas City at the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. But really, yeah, really like I was that that was where my head was at, which is okay, being able cool. to, yeah, play play on special teams the first year 
and then hopefully get some reps on, on defense the following year, then hopefully start my, my third year potentially, and then be able to get to that role. And so I didn't really look past that. I mean, I envisioned being married and having kids and stuff, but yeah. um, no, that was like the thing for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and then, then moving forward, um, I, after football ended, I didn't, I, there, I was lacking certain forms of identity uh, because I did have, you know, I, I did have backup plans, you know, just, just for the look of having a backup plan. Honestly, honestly, I had a backup plan just to a good, cause I was a finance major in college. I'm like, I want a backup plan just so people don't think I'm crazy by going all in on the NFL. Like that's really honestly why I, I did. So I, I had a, a good, a good degree. Uh, but I realized I wanted nothing to do with that after football got done. I didn't want to sit in the office. I'm like, eh, no way. Yeah. Uh, but then really that what the process was, was me discovering uh, what I don't like and who I want to be independent of Kean as the football player, as the one that everybody looks to as being the guy that, you know, I was a two-year two-year captain on the college team that, that has it together and uh, that is always there for everybody else. Um, and so I did everything I could to, I did a bunch of crazy wild stuff. And when I moved to Miami, uh, <laughs> after yeah, that, to, Miami, so you got like all crazy wild. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had some fun in Miami. Right. But, but I, I wanted to, to discover me independent of, of all those roles that I assumed during my, my football days. Mm -hmm. And so it was really a series of me just being able to, to uncover things that I like and, and what I want to do independent of, of who I believed. I once was. And I think that's one of those powerful things that I've been able to do is give myself permission to be in a state of not knowing what I want, yeah. uh, regardless of the pressures uh, of, of society and, and other people, you know, being from the Midwest, uh, people settle down and, and get married at the, you know, 23, 24, very com commonly, yep. and being able to step out of that and be able to say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And be okay with not knowing has really allowed me to, to continue to learn more about what I like. And, and what I want and and ultimately allowed me to live a much more present life uh I I have I, I just have this like stupid trust in the future that everything is going to be exactly uh what what I want but uh I'm not basing my okayness off of my capacity of getting to that future mm -hmm. right? and that's the difference before that. it was a lot of it was a lot of permission that I was giving myself to feel okay when I felt like I was moving towards getting what I wanted mm -hmm. right so the contingency that I had in myself of feeling good was based off of me moving towards my future. Uh, but well, now okay. so you're saying yeah, like before ahead. it was, Oh, I feel good. As long as I'm always working towards this goal. But if I'm not in this, if something that I'm doing is not aligning towards the habits that create this goal to have happen, then I'm, I'm not worthy. Like, so I can't, I can't take a vacation or I can't take a break or I can't fully be present in this because I should be focused on football practice or I should be working out my body or I have to be like hustling for my business right now or I should be like being being a mom right like is that kind of what you're seeing when you're saying that okay exactly I love that and so when we're staying stuck in that achievement cycle that is we're only creating our happiness when we're in that cycle and then outside of that we don't know ourselves we have to like find out who we are right and I I like to think of that as like the hamster wheel that we're just always stuck in and it's like the world's hamster wheel and you're just like holy shit when is this right get over I feel sick I'm car sick I actually hate roller coasters what's happening but then like you don't actually let yourself get off the roller coaster and then once you do you're like freedom like brave heart you know and you're just like oh my god okay okay like you know so you can find it but it's that process of truly radically like giving yourself that permission that there's a million ways to build a house. There's a million ways to architect your life too. And giving yourself that permission to that, that's even created you like freedom in 
where you live at. But with that, like as a society, I feel like we're taught that, like we're taught this achievement style almost. Right. And like, maybe mm-hmm. that's more, and maybe the type A people, we, we pick that up more, but how do you feel like we can shift that like awakening within the world to help them see more of like the cycle that you're talking about, where we can find existence and happiness and worthiness and joy outside of this achievement cycle and being okay to not always know exactly what you're working towards achieving. If that, like, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And I think it's, you know, people like me uh, being able to just live my life how, how I am and people seeing it because I feel like there's just not a lot of awareness surrounding this. Like I'm the guy people come to after they master person development and, and goal setting. Like most people don't even realize there's anything after that. Cause so many people are just in the process of trying to, to make their goals happen mm-hmm. or, or just develop That's some true. consistency. Right. So it, it's, it's something that a lot of people aren't aware of that, that, that next step. Uh, and I suppose it's just, I wouldn't even say my responsibility. Cause I don't, re- I don't really have responsibility to anybody to share any of this. I, I like to, <laughs> but if I did, if I don't want to, and I, and I wouldn't do it. So I don't have a responsibility to, but, um, I would say it's, it's just the concept getting out more and more. And then I suppose more people I work with, the more uh, relevant it will become. And uh, this will be the future in 10 years, right? This will be, this will be everything. Cause honestly, if you ask me, if somebody would have came to me with the stuff that I have now, when I was 18, I would have never had to do a lot of the things that, that I did. Cause I would have been able to tap in to my inner sense of inspiration and tap into to what I knew I needed to do and not what I thought I should do by overworking the shit out of myself to, to get what I wanted. So I don't know. Right. So I, I just think it's uh, something that will catch on the next 10 years. And I, I coach coaches too. There's coaches I work with right now that are learning how to do this through going through it themselves. And I would say this is that nobody can do this through taking a course uh, they, in order to teach this, they have to go through it and experience it, which is how and why I've been able to do it at the level I have, because I've gone through it and consistently do go through it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the beautiful part about this process. Uh, it can't, uh, the, the work, the work can't be bypassed. I love that you say that. Um, like all of that speaks to me and resonates so much. And I think that's so powerful. And I love that you talked about like, once you're done with personal development, like people come to you because they're kind of like, well, what the hell, what do I do next? Like the achievements, like the achievement cycle almost stops. Cause they're like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to try to achieve. I, I have money. I have success. I have like all these things, but I like, why am I not happy? What's happening? And so then it's truly like, well, and that's like my Maslow's like hierarchy of needs is like learning who you are. Like, then you actually love yourself. And like, you, like you won't, if you don't know who you are, how are you ever going to be able to be yourself and get to know that and like, know what your truth is, right? Like, what do you mm. truthfully believe in? And are you truly living a life that you actually even want to live in all that you do? And like, are you giving yourself that permission? Like you said, like, I don't have to go share this, but like, this is what you want to do. And so like, of course you're going to go share this message. Um, I love you say that about like coaches and I'm actively releasing that achievement cycle belief and like seeing it like separately and differently and um very much so like releasing that just that old philosophy and that belief system the other day I was talking with a friend about it and I'm like I'm so fucking mad I believed all these lies like why did I believe I had a hustle like this and like I had to do this 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 and she's like calm down sister like you don't have to like be so aggressive and be like these fucking lies like she's like they serve other people and like it served you to this point and I was like oh thank you okay you're right I'm sorry my bad my bad thank you for correcting me on that like give us all grace right um and I guess my point to that is 
I think we have to have like a breakthrough within us to like actually acknowledge our emotions to know like this doesn't feel right. Like this doesn't actually feel like this connects for my life. Like, I, like I think I'm doing the right things, but it's not fully like in alignment. And then when we can slow down enough to actually feel those emotions, that's what kind of helps us to break that up and see it from a different perspective. And then that's like a total, total different, like dimensional shift. Right. And that's like what you're saying is like, then we get to live like differently. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense right now. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, it's making sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think like for me, that shift has been more from not working in the masculine and working in the feminine. And we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, but do you feel like that that's a shift that a lot of people kind of have to learn is that they're starting to accept both sides of themselves in order to, to make this paradigm shift to not have to like hustle, 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 but to recognize like it can come intuitively and flow and like creatively like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'll address that. I, I I call it, I, there's, there's a famous psychoanalyst, uh, his name was Carl Jung, mm. that, that mentions what you're talking about, all sides of ourselves is the part that we don't allow ourselves to see being the shadow part of ourselves. Yeah. So definitely, I do a lot of shadow work with people and being able to go in and experience that part of ourselves that, that we've neglected, uh, because there's a lot of pain there, there's a lot of pain with it. So going in and experiencing that, uh, the pain associated with that, but getting to know that part of ourselves and actually like a hologram, like integrating the shadow part of ourselves into us in its entirety. So we're no longer just this um, one dimensional being. And, and the really interesting part is that what I've found is that most people seem to be part of one camp or another, one uh, of always trying to please others and more, think of it more of like in a light manner, like very, very white, bright light. And the other is like very um, just, just for self and think of like they master the darker side of themselves. Right. And so what I found is a lot of people that, that, you know, because I was, I was one of this more, more light people as well for me to get the success that I want in my life. I had to be able to get into my dark side, my really dark side and merge that into the light. And so whatever we're naturally, gra- we gravitate towards, am I naturally very like people pleasing and, and want other people to be okay? Or am I somebody that's like, Hey, I don't really give a fuck about people. This is just me. Uh, then being able to go to the opposite of the spectrum, experience our shadows on both ends is what allows us to become more whole and ultimately feel uh, good when we get what we want, but then get what we want in its entirety. So that's the like really, that. really I've never cool. heard it explained like that. So like I've never explained even like shadow work like that. I've always explained it, thought of it more like, um, like our, it's almost like our, like the shame or like our, the demon of like our chakras. Right. And like some, it's like that inner child work that we're doing of like these beliefs. So I, but I like how you're saying like merging, like, cause throughout, throughout darkness becomes light. Right. So we have to like merge like both sides of ourselves to accept that part and like finding the balance. Like that is the alignment, right? Like you can't be too far this way, too far this way. Like the pendulum has to come here. And that's like, even where your heart space is at. Right. So like the more you're connected into the middle of you, like to your core, then like you are you like okay. yes okay absolutely and, and this is the really interesting part too is is what both camps do uh and this is the, the wild part and that's where it's it's so fucked up that so many people are so focused on goal setting uh because in the reality most people that are that are like you know, balls deep in goal setting are setting goals uh, based off of catering their insecurity or not having to experience our shadow Right. So I, I'm over here. If I'm in the light camp, I'm setting goals based off of me not having to feel all of my my uh, my darkness and, and my, you know, what people say, evil 
uh, parts of myself, right? So, so I set my goals yeah. based off of that. And over here, I set, I, I set my goals based off not really ever having to, to connect with people because I don't really want to do that. So we're mm -hmm. setting goals based off not having uh, to experience our shadows. And so it's not even really our goals. It's, it, it's goals based off not having to confront certain parts of ourselves or cater to our insecurities. So the first part that I, that I take people through is, is this deep shadow work before they even set any kind of goals. Because what people come to me with, the things they said they think they want, now I go into it, say, what do you want? What do you want to make happen? Uh, it always changes. Oh, yeah. It always changes yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Right? But 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 the goal isn't to, to to set goals. The goal is to just understand ourselves at a greater capacity and allowing inspiration inside of ourselves to begin to emerge, not through this strict, rigid uh, process of setting goals and reverse engineering it and making making it happen, uh, but really tapping into the inspiration inside of ourselves through the understanding of all parts of ourselves. And then getting on boat and going down a river and allowing things to just show up mm -hmm. in our lives. So I'm not saying uh, there's not any I action. Trust, like that, but you're like trusting the process. Like that's like, yes, I trust this. I see this. I'm not going to try to be resistant to it. Like I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and no, I'm not saying that it's always just rambles and butterflies either, right? There's still totally. time and energy put into the process. But when it's coming from a place of inspiration of knowing this is what, what, what I want to do, it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. I say, I'm, 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 my good buddy and I, the other day, you know, we were just talking about how we're retired. I'm retired. Right? And, uh, everything that I do, I'm like, Hey, I, I enjoy it. it, it it's fun for me. Yeah. And there's things that, that I don't, then, then I don't do them. Uh, I, I had somebody come to me the other day and they're like, Hey, you should, uh, you need to be doing TikTok and, and you need to be, um, uh, what's, what's the new one? Uh, new social media clubhouse. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm like, I, I don't really want, maybe I will one day, but like, eh, it just sounds like a lot of work right now for me. So uh, I don't want to. Now I've also put in a lot of time and energy to get my coaching practice to where it's at right now, right? So it's not to say that, that I haven't done that for sure, but I built it from a place of, of, of alignment in myself, which is how I've been able to create um, a lot more ease in my life. I love that. So powerful. So amazing. And I love that, just that process. And then like knowing that and I'm, and um, like knowing our, am I like in this crazy achievement season of my life? Or am I truly trying to live my life? Like this lifestyle of like what I really want to live my life through and what does that look like? And then does this really serve me? If not, then it's like a no for me, like energetically. And like, and so is there kind of questions you ask yourself that have helped you determine like, yeah, that's a yes, or that's a no, or like what's helped you learn how to sit with something to truly know what is yes and no for you? Yeah. And the first thing I, I want to say too, is that what I found is that actually my ability to achieve is now greater mm -hmm. than it was when I was operating in the achievement cycle, which is the really crazy uh, oxymoronic part about this process is that it can be easier and it can be more fluid and we can make more money and we can have more success actually by escaping the achievement cycle, which is pretty wild. I've made way more money uh, getting out of that than being in it, which is the, the crazy that. part. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think uh, that is? You think it's just because you're like passionately creating. So you're like doing it with joy, love and ease. And so you're bringing that back to you, like that energy frequency or what's your, what's your take on that? Uh, money, money is, is really interesting because we can either, we can trade, you know, our years and time to be able to gain money uh, or we can make it a little easier on ourselves and take a big fucking risk. Uh, with our money. And I've done that a couple of times in my life. And what that does is it shows God that says, Hey, I, I trust in myself. And I trust in the fact that I know money is coming back to me. 
And uh, it, it seems to work out pretty well in my favor whenever I've done that. So I think you look at, I mean, this is, this is the thing that pisses me off a lot is these guys that have made a lot of money. They're like, Oh, I got lucky. Bullshit. No, you didn't. What they did was they took massive risk at one point in their life and put a lot on the line uh, because they believe in themselves and, and what they could do. And it paid off. And I've done that a couple of times. I've, I've spent um, um, more money on coaching than was comfortable for me uh, when, I, when I quit my job as a, as a personal trainer uh, three and a half years ago. And also uh, in the last year and a half, I've also spent a lot of money, very uncomfortable money at the time, uh, but stepping into that place of trusting and knowing that it's coming back. And every time I've spent it, it's came back in much greater capacity. So I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. They're afraid, hey, I, I don't have any money. I don't, like, okay, well, I borrowed some from my parents to be able to do it, right? And the money uh, came back, yeah. right? And that was a lot, of, a lot of stuff I had to work through within me. But uh, mm -hmm. even my, my coach that I have, he, I think he borrowed like, like $60,000 or something from, from his dad at one time. And now he just, I mean, the guy's has a stupid amount of money now, but it's taking that, that risk of saying, Hey, I trust myself and I trust in, in this investment that I'm making and being able to, to allow money to come back by getting out of our own way. So I'm not saying it's the only thing that yeah. comes down to money, money manifestation, but it's really being able to get into a place oh, of saying, Hey, I trust that it's going to come back. I love that one. I love, I love how you say that and like how it's really, truly like coding money, so to say, or like making a contract with money, like as you're spending it, like I know this is, I'm investing in me and it's going to come back to me fully. And I believe like when we invest in ourselves like that, like the world reinvests in us. And that is part of that trust process. And, um, and it really is truly like unlearning old, old beliefs about money and then like relearning and then trusting in that process to know that it's true. And like, I love how you said, mm -hmm. just taking that willingness to invest that which may feel like super uncomfortable, but then you find comfort in knowing that, that you can trust in yourself and then it opens up more, more possibilities for you. Like, and always being able to have like a coach. And I still believe in that. I, as a coach, believe in having a coach, you're a coach and you believe in having a coach. And I think that's also the key is like having other people helping you like unlock other keys that you quite quite can't like push the unlock button on yourself yet because they're helping guide you to see like yeah like open up this fucking door and do you even know what's behind this like you hold the key just like just put it in just open it I promise and like even as coaches like they're still like we're still unlocking things so we can guide other people and like the deeper that we go the more that you can take your clients through and everything like that too and that's like and that's why I think coaching is so incredible and so powerful and it's like the best thing you can do because it makes you truly un unlimitless. Like you can always learn. It's unstoppable, you know? So. Yes, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing that I always say is I think everybody, I mean, if you stepped into entrepreneurship is to have a mentor for the skill that you want to learn, that's already mm -hmm. done what you want to learn, uh, but then have an energy coach that's able to move the things around it, to get the shit out of you, uh, which is what, what I do. Uh, so you can actually not get in your own way and, and utilize the skills that you learn. I mean, because how many people do you know that that have gotten co like uh, mentorship but haven't been able to execute just simply because of all the limiting beliefs and 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 emotional blockage that they have uh, yeah. behind money and their ability to to feel worthy and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So those yeah. two things I, I recommend for anybody to invest. I'm lucky enough to have both. I was trying I was trying to bring him in for for two years before he finally showed up. Uh, but I, I have two in one with with uh, with my coach, so it's pretty cool. I love that. That's so amazing. Um, so if people wanted to coach with you, like what would that 
look like for them? Like, do you have spots available or how does that work? Yes. I, uh, I, I took a, I think I maybe I told you, I, I took a one month sabbatical, which is how I ended up out here in Rio in the first place. I wanted yeah. to take one month, one month off of talking to anybody from back home. I didn't work, didn't talk to any clients, no social media, uh, and just interact with people here in, in Rio in the little, little amount that I could, cause I didn't know any Portuguese. Uh, but I, uh, um, I ended with a lot of people during that time, my coaching, and I didn't expect it to pick up as fast as it did in this new year. So I do have a couple spots uh, that could be gone in the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. but I do have uh, a couple right now that, um, yeah, that okay. I, I do have availability. Okay, perfect. And so they could just reach out to you like on Instagram or through your website. What would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, those two. Okay. Um, one thing you talked about too, is being able to take a month off. Like that's totally outside of the achievement cycle. Right. Cause like in the achievement cycle, we're like, oh my God, I can't take vacation. Like vacation is impossible. So how have you, uh, how often do you do that? Like, do you just, do you take breaks like that all the time? And how do you give yourself that permission for that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like really whenever I want to, uh, I, and I think it's, I, I'm not going to take random months off, like just whenever I want to. That was designed and planned at the beginning of the year last year and this year i want to take november and december off so i want to do two months so that's the plan this year but a lot of it was just stepping into a place of me understanding that i'm the prize like i'm the prize in the context of my my, my coaching and people are really lucky to have the opportunity to be able to work with me for what i'm able to do for them and when i when i was able to and continue to transition into that space of recognizing like hey like I have this thing that, that very few people in the world offer and that can do. Uh, it's just allowed my mind to shift into seeing things, more things as being possible than before. Before it was more of like a, oh, well, what can I do to keep and maintain clients? And now it's like, well, people are really fortunate and lucky to work with me. Uh, I'm, I'm the best in the world at what I do. And now I am, and I do pour into my clients at, at, at an unbelievable capacity in the way that I do it, but it's just a shift in how I'm perceiving all of it. And actually, as I've shifted into that place of, of really being able to see me as the prize, uh, my ability to be able to serve my clients has gone through the roof, mm -hmm. which is pretty wild, right? Because my belief system in me has gone up. So they feel that and it gets projected onto them. And then they're now experiencing that same thing, right? Yes. I love that. Well, and it's just like that, like people can feel that, right? Like I can feel your confidence. I can feel like you're trusting yourself. I can feel that just alignment within yourself. And it is like, people are drawn to that. And I always tell my clients, like you just being you is what people are gonna wanna work with you for, right? And, and it's just that is like, it's this certain that you can just feel and you're like, okay, yeah, like I can I can sense this. I know this, this is like truth for me. And when we're, when we're like in following like our gut feeling, I love how you said like, knowing that you are the prize, like that's so true, right? And like, if you say that and you know that, like it's almost like it makes your gifts more for you and you're like yeah like i am like i can i will help this and i can serve this and it makes it affirm it in you in you you know and then that it respects you and totally differently and then it, it, that changes like everything around you and i just i love that i think that's awesome so yeah good. absolutely thank thank you and, and honestly it's probably one of the hardest things for a lot of coaches to be able to do because most coaches are in a place of just just serving at such a high capacity and wanting to do so much for the world it's difficult to be able to find that that emotional autonomy uh, in ourselves. I like to say emotional sovereignty, uh, because we we are so tapped into other people, and we are so good at feeling other people, and we are so good at, at 
and being able to heal other people that there's not a really strong belief system in us outside of our capacity of being able to do that for other people. So mm -hmm. for coaches, that's one of the most important things for some of the coaches that I do work with is being able to tap in and address uh, the reason for, hey, why can't I feel good about myself uh, independent of how I'm making other people feel, right? And then from there, then they can begin to, to adopt the, the belief system of I'm the prize. But if, the, if the, the root of the issue is not addressed, which is in a lot of coaches, which are givers by nature, uh, then it, it decreases the coach's capacity to be able to serve. Uh, because if we're super focused on making sure our clients are okay at all times, it actually takes away from our ability to be able to serve them and commit to what we know is right. Uh, if I can't tell my client to stop talking in the middle of a, of a call, then I, I'm not able to do my job. And uh, a lot of it has to do with that is, is actually realizing that our coaching practices can get a hundred times better through us being able to, to understand our own value by being able to, to lead and guide the conversation without worrying about a client feeling upset by us cutting them off yeah. or, or, or uh, not spending enough time with the client or giving them enough, enough uh, energy, right? Because we're afraid to leave, yeah. right? All those kinds of things. But, but actually uh, the more I've stepped into this and what I'm talking about, the more people, the, the less effort I put out, and the more drawn people are to actually believing in me and trusting in the process. Mm. Yes, I love that. There's so much truth with that. Yes, like speak it, speak it. I just love it. And it's like such a vibe and I like feel it from you and it's so rad. I just love that. And I love that you're sharing that and like you create like such a beautiful space for that. And you're so right with that. And that's definitely something that I've been working through as a coach myself and um, that's also partially like why I was so I wanted to do this podcast because I'm like I'm gonna learn like things like and you've taught me this like and so I love to share like a takeaway with you like that's um like, are, are you okay with that can I share a takeaway with you please yeah okay um that just recognizing like our capacity to fill our emotions is a superpower right and if we're not feeling that internally and we're only feeling for other people, like we're never gonna be able to take them fully to, for them to actually emotionally feel them themselves and like fully connect to that because we are still creating that block within ourselves to, by somehow saying like, I have to be like this martyr and like, I need to give all my energy and like all my source and all of this rather than like practicing, like using our own medicine, so to say, like, if I can't use my own medicine on me, I'm never actually going to know how it actually heals or what it really does for anybody or how it really can work. And then when I recognize that within me and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this idea really is working. And if I really do this and I, and I do this process, like, wow, I do actually feel better. And, and so then when you're sharing that with your clients, you're like, I know this shit fucking works because this is like, I'm healing this. And then you're also having other people like teach you that same process. And like every person's helping you kind of get to this next level through the level they've internally gone through. And then when you're doing that, like, um, I feel like you're always connected to your clients in some sort of way. Right. But like, like you said, like you don't always have to be holding space for them with that because that's almost like a disservice that you don't trust that they can do it on their own. And then when you give them that trust, like you're powerful enough to go do this. I'm just here to kind of mirror this for you and help you with it and like know that this is there. Then when they can come back, your time with them is so much more valuable because they're like, this was the breakthrough. This was the process. Like, okay, now take me to this next, this next step, this next level. And recently I just changed part of my coaching. Um, to meet with my clients every other week versus every week. And I'm, and I'm seeing that like change through just that. And then like, I'm not being as accessible, like through text or through Voxer, or I'm like, you, I trust you, like do, do these steps. And 
there was like resistance and it was also resistance on my end. So I was like, like, I want to, and I was like, whoa, like I'm treating them like a child, like this little baby. Like I'm not like fully trusting them. And then I'm also not fully trusting me to like really experience what I need to. So I can actually level the fuck up and then level them up with me. Like, mm. and so it's like that, it's like this weird permission, but you're so right. And you saying that like, um, was like confirmation for me. So thank you. And that was like, my mm. takeaway was just that like, I love your message and how you deliver it. And like certain words that you use, um, like really helped me connect that. So super, mm. super good. So thank you. So yeah, yeah, thanks for giving me more permission, essentially. Like that's what it is, right? Like people just keep giving you more and more permission. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. So that's it. Yeah. You're welcome. Bless you. Um, all right. So we have a couple minutes left. I want to honor your time. So in closing, what would be the last thing that you'd want to offer the audience that today? <sighs> This came up before you uh, said this last thing. And I also want to say this too, uh, Steph, is that um, I'm here with you and I can keep track of my own time and I'm enjoying this experience a lot and uh, you don't have to do that for me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, definitely. Uh, is that what I found is a lot of healers and coaches want to work with very high ticket, high paying clients, but haven't done enough internal work to be able to actually handle them. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of the high ticket clients that people want to work with, uh, they're very successful and they're very successful because they've been able to put up a lot of barriers and are very good at manipulating situations and circumstance to get their desired outcome, right? And so what do, what do I mean by that? How is that relevant? Well, they're very, very good at being able to diverge the attention off of themselves and uh, putting it back on to other people mm -hmm. or self-protective mechanisms to get people to believe that they're doing something that they're actually not. And so a lot of coaches can fall into that uh, because they don't want to call them on, on their bullshit. Uh, and so what happens is coaches end up getting screwed over and ends up not being good experiences for the client. And then the coach ultimately gets lower self-esteem because of that experience, Yeah. right? And so in order to, to work with these high ticket clients, there needs to be a level of deep, deep internal work of, of calling us on our own shit to be able to then stand up in front of a, a CEO that makes a million dollars a year and say, you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it does take some work to do that, but ultimately uh, that respect is there and gets established. And we're able to deliver the product that we say that we're, we, we're trying to deliver. And so a lot of people think that, you know, I can just get high paid clients, but it, it doesn't work. And, and, and it's not very long lasting if we don't go into this, this deeper stuff inside of ourselves to be able to, to show up in a way that they can feel safe being in their feminine. Uh, because very, very few people in that, those positions are safe in their feminine at all guys or girls. And uh, we have to be very in, in our masculine in that context to be able to let them feel comfortable enough to be able to step into that, that feminine role. Yeah. So that felt really good to share. I love that. I love that. Well, and yeah, I, I agree with that in so many ways and you're right. Like we have to be able to call them out. Cause that's part of like 
being the coach is that you're not always going to be like the cheerleader. You're going to have to be the coach sometimes. And I'm sure like in playing football, you probably had some really hard ass football coaches that were like, I don't care if your leg hurts or you just like sprained your ankle, get your ass back out there, give me more. And, and it's because they know what you can achieve. And actually that kind of reminds me of a story. Um, so I used to be the vice president at a finance company. And I, this was actually one of my problems I had as a leader in leadership too, is that I would I would overgive to my to my staff and I would sometimes not always call them out on like the things they needed to fix. And it was me doing them a disservice because I would be like afraid they're not gonna like me. Like I, this like, it would like push at me, right? But then there'd be other times where I would like be so annoyed. I'd just be like, oh my God, you need to do this, 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 or I'm gonna fire you. So it was like this, like I couldn't find this middle balance, right? And um, so one of my mentors was like, do you know Greg Popovich? He's like the best coach of all time, basketball coach and, and like all his, everybody he's ever worked with has, loves him because he pushes them to their maximum capacity. Like he knows what they can achieve and he'll put them and he just makes them achieve that. And he'll have, he'll like be really strict with them and like hardcore truce with them. But then when they do it, like he also celebrates them fully. And the analogy for that was like, she was trying to help me see, she's like, sometimes to be the best leader, you have to be the hardcore coach. And then you can be, be the cheerleader, but you can't be both. And you have to know mm -hmm. what hat you're wearing. Are you wearing a coach hat? Or are you wearing pom poms and be okay in either way and know that they might not like you in those moments, but that is like you showing up and loving them the most and trusting them the most. And like you being enough to know that it doesn't affect you. Cause that is, that is you loving. That is like the best you. And I had to like really unlearn things and relearn to, and that, that philosophy always stuck with me. And I'd be like, in my head, I'd visualize me putting on like a coach hat and be like, okay, let's mm. go. Or I'd be like, oh, pom-pom. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like, and like, I naturally was like the pom-pom person. So I had to be like, oh, and like figure out how to do that. Right. And it was, and it was more out of my own security. It was fear. Like, they're not going to like me. This is too tough of a conversation. It's too uncomfortable. So I don't want to have it. And mm. I think that that can show up for us too. Like, um, as a, a for in women, but also like in, if we're, if we're empaths and through coaching and stuff like that, it's like you, like you said, like out of scarcity, you want to keep the client. So you're afraid to do whatever, rather than like call them out and actually like serve the client, so to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also one more thing with that too, is they actually, for the people that are, have been in, in very masculine roles, the majority of their life, right? They're, they're the CEO, they're the business owner, they're the, the head of the house. They're, they're the one that's, that's, that's doing everything for everybody else. There's nothing more that they want than to be in their feminine. There's mm -hmm. nothing more. Now they'll do everything they possibly can to not be in that place. But holy shit, when they're when they finally get there, they're like, ooh, okay. What is ooh, this feeling? Ooh. Oh, kind of feels Yeah, oh, okay. This feels good, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't have to be the one in control. Right. Yeah. It, it feels good for them. So that's the biggest thing too, is acknowledging and recognizing that, hey these people that are really like the high performers and, and doing things at a really high level, uh, they really want to be in the submissive feminine role in the context of a coaching experience, which is why they, they hired you in the right. first place, or which is why they hired me. So being able to tap into that and recognize that there might be resistance, there might be some, I've had some fuck yous exchange <laughs> back and forth, not with everybody, but there's some, some of those experiences. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately by me sticking in there and saying, hey, this is me, this is where I'm at, boom, uh, I'm not moving it gave them the space to feel comfortable enough to be in, in their feminine and ultimately get the results that they wanted. So they want to be in that role, no matter how much they pretend like they don't, yeah. uh, they, they actually do. I love that. That's so powerful. You're so amazing. And I love that you're able to do that. And especially, I think it's so powerful to have a, and that's what I loved about you too, is like, that's why I said at the beginning of this is like, you're so awakened because most men 
can't see that. Most men can't see both sides of that or aren't able to, won't talk about that. And so I love that you're able to do that and that you're passing that on through other people and helping them see that and like recognizing that it's okay for that. Cause like, like, I'm sure like you're saying, like, I'm sure you get like these big CEOs or other dudes who are like in football or whatever, they don't want to hear all that. So like, they're going to be the ones being like, fuck you. But like for you to still be like, no, this is like, this is truth. And I'm going to be here for you. That is like holding such a beautiful space. And then that creates that like comfortability that like to, to kind of let it go. Cause we're at the same, we're all just like little four-year-olds, like still just want someone to be like, I love you. You're enough. You're come, yeah. come here. Come Can I trust you? Come Can here. I trust you? Can I trust yeah. you? Get yeah. away. Get away. Get away. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Come back. Come back. No, no, no. Go away. Go away. Yeah. Okay. Come back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like giving, like you said, like that massive permission slip. And, um, I definitely feel like the beautiful thing is that as like, we're on this shift in the world where that is, like you said, in the next 10 years, I feel like that will become like the next process of the norm of like, that's kind of like more philosophies that we're teaching rather than this being like taboo or like, oh, you're into woohoo stuff or like you're way into mindsetness or like spirituality or coaching or like whatever. It's like, no, this is like, it's like universal truths. And these are like laws, so to say that you can see if you just choose it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So good. What was What was, what was the question that you had that you asked me before you, I went into that? Shoot. You said one of the last questions. That's okay. I think it was, it was segueing into, into the end with it. Um, I don't know if I, I can't remember now, now where I was at with it. I think it was something about like the feminine and masculine and about where you were within it. I can't remember how I was going to say it though. I lost it. I said like, what was the, what was, what would be one last thing that you'd want to offer to anybody like a value or oh. your point? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it took me a minute. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, uh, I think this is the most that I can offer most people. It, it, I think if people hear this and listen to this, they're, they're going to, they're going to question a lot. And that's ultimately what, what, what I'm here in this space to do. I think with you is, is to just get people to think and to get people to, to feel in ways they haven't felt before and to question their entire existence, if that's the case, which is a great place to be yeah. at if you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, that, that's what I can offer right now. So if, and if people that. do, uh, they are feel pulled to inspire to, to work with me or reaching out to me on one of those platforms that we discussed in the beginning with my website or Instagram would be the best case. Yeah. And I'll have those all linked up for you guys too. And I love like just that is hopefully it's opened up curiosity for you. I know it definitely opened up curiosity for me. And as I obviously shared those insights throughout this episode, but like take notes on that and like whatever questions like sparked interest in you, like go journal about that, go sit with those. If there were some emotions that came up for you or you felt triggered with, or you're like, I, oh, wow. Yeah, that stings. Yeah, that's me. Oh shit. Like, okay. Like sit with that. And then I love for you guys, like reach out. And so you can like process that and you can learn and you can have this amazing coach who can help guide you through that. And like he said, like move all the energy around so you can break through that belief. Cause it's just like all this stuff. And then you can help see like what it truly is and then release that. And, um, knowing to like give yourself grace throughout this process too. And like, I think the key too, is just like being curious, staying curious and, um, ending it with that. Like we, to be like thinkers and to shift our thoughts and to be like mindset shifters, so to say, is like the best thing that we can do is just like creating different ways of thinking and curiosity. And especially now more than ever of it's okay to, to think how you want to think and question things like, you know, not everything has to be truth for you unless you actually discover it's truth for you. Like know your truth. And, and if none of this resonate with you and that's your truth, fuck. Yeah. I honor that for you too. Like, just know your truth. Your truth is your truth. That's all I care about.
So, yes. Thank you so much for today. You're such a beautiful soul. You're amazing, amazing, amazing. I hope you guys all go check him out. He's so, so good. And thank you for listening. And yeah, have the best day.